Hi, this is Donna Otto, and welcome to Modern Homemakers. What makes us modern? I don't really know what makes us modern, except that we are working very hard to help you and to help ourselves be counterculture women in a very changing world. I was talking to someone just this morning about apps and how fast they change. And just about the time I have it all figured out, they want to update my computer or my phone, and then I don't know how to do it. So I've been thinking a lot about Lent and this time of the year and reminding you, as I remind myself, in the front of my pages of journal for this time of the year are the three things that are held in unique consideration during the time of Lent, and that is prayer and fasting and almsgiving. And prayer for me will always be something that I'm learning new things about. I'm learning myself. I'm learning more about who he is. I'm falling more in love with him. I'm changing the very practices and habits that cause me to be drawn closer to him. This is a quote that I have written in the front of my journal for these next months, and I've been reading it every morning because it just cries out to me, the only way to hold off doubt, fear, pain, and suffering. Okay, all of which are part of our existence, doubt, fear, pain, and suffering, is to practice more prayer. When I first read it, I just felt buoyed by it. But now that I'm reading it, I, I, I want to say to you, I don't mean you should do more. You know, I don't want you to add another hour to your day. I want you to add a variance to your prayer and a depth to it. Adele Calhoun, who is a friend of mine and who I have recommended her book to you on this show many times, it is called The Spiritual Disciplines Handbook. And it's quite a big fat book. And in the area on prayer, she offers not one, not five, but 17 different types of prayer. And I remember reading a book some years ago. You know how I love to read. And I don't remember exactly the title, but it was Temperaments in Prayer. And I had listened to and read about various people who had had this type of prayer life and this type of prayer life and did this in their prayer life. And the one that just comes to my mind right now was a friend who did watercolors in her prayer journal. And I'm going, oh my gosh, I felt this burden. This is 25 years ago. I felt this burden of, now I have to have watercolor. I have to add watercolor to my journal, to my prayer process. But I read this book about temperaments and personalities and how various things lead us to prayer. A musician who is led to prayer through music, that that not only do they sing their prayers and write their songs as they pray, but they sing other people's words as prayers. And so today, I want to talk to you about this concept of prayer. And I want to just jog with you a little bit um, through the various phases of my own 
prayer journey. As I was preparing for the show, I thought, wow, I have been through some places. I have been through some places as a young believer where I talked a lot about prayer, but I never did it. My most earliest experience was when I just had said I wanted to make Christ the central part of my life. And the ladies in my church who were much older and very kind and loving toward me, they were talking about talking to God for an hour. They didn't talk that way, but that's how it sounded to me. And so I sent my little clock in my bedroom and I got, I made my bed. I was still at home living in my mother's home and I made my twin bed and it was neat like she liked it. Everything was an apple pie order and I had a round clock. It wasn't digital, just ticking around. It was a gold part of a clock radio. (laughs) It sounds so familiar, doesn't it? And I thought, okay, it's eight o'clock. I'm going to pray from eight o'clock till nine o'clock. And I had a list. And by 8.05, I'd prayed through the whole list and did literally, I'm not exaggerating for the benefit of this subject, 8.05, and I thought, ye gads and little fishes, what do I do next? And I just got up and left. And then I was a place in my life where I felt this call again. And I think I can say safely about my own walk uh, with God. Because I have practiced reading the Bible, because I have practiced reading others' voices, because I have practiced being in a church community and have listened to sermons and Bible studies, I have had a constant yearning for more understanding about my communion with God in prayer. In prayer, my speaking to him, and in prayer, his speaking to me. So I can remember one place, one junction that I had, and my schedule was very busy. My two nephews and niece and sister-in-law were living with us, my daughter. So we had four kids and three adults, and I was pretty much in charge, and I was doing a lot more than I normally did. And they got up at this hour, and then they went to bed at this hour, and I I had so little private time in my day, and I thought, okay, I'm just going to get up earlier before the rest of them. And that meant getting up, okay, you ready for this? 3.30 in the morning. Now, those were the years when my boundless energy was really boundless, and I could go for 16 or 17, 18, 19 hours, sleep on five or six hours. That was long before I learned about rest and Sabbath and sleep deprivation and what it did for my body. But I set my alarm to get up at 3.30 and asked my husband if it was okay because the alarm would go off and he would hear it and he said, sure. And I can still remember this thought. And I've said it many times, but not recently. I heard the voice in my head when the alarm went off and I wanted to turn it off and turn over. Get your fat thigh out of bed. And I have really fat thighs. For a girl who's not too big, I have really fat thighs. And I laughed out loud because I thought... Well, that makes sense. If you get one fat thigh out of bed, the other one will follow. I've always thought that was like the way God talks to me. Like, get your fat thigh out of bed. You know you want to do this. Just get up and do it. And that proved to be a very sacred advancement in my prayer life. And out of that came the prayer basket. And that's a a resource you can find on our website. Go to the website. Oh, go to the website. There's so many dancing, singing things, and opportunities for you. 
all sorts of new things you can do. Be a Builder. If you haven't joined our Be a Builder campaign, make some donation to the ministry, $5 a month to help us continue building families. $5 a month, $10 a month, any number you want to, but reoccurring for a 12-month period of time. The organizational class is about to pop out. If you saw that we got a, an award recently, oh, you'll love that. Look on the website to see about our award. There are letters from you. Um, there's so many things on the website that will be useful to you and resources to you. And I'm also supposed to remind you, this doesn't fit here, but I'm going to, that the Instagram page, modernhomemakers.az, we need you to follow us so we can follow you back with encouragement. Now, I don't do the Instagram. We have a lovely woman who has volunteered to do it. And I know you're all enjoying it because I'm hearing rumors of it. But she wants to be in a place to encourage you. And you need to follow us so we can follow you and respond to you. And I think I've said that right. Don't worry, I'll be corrected if I haven't. But the prayer basket is there. And that happened because at 3.30 in the morning when the alarm would go off, and it did go off for weeks until I got in a habit of waking up then, I would I can still remember the desk that was in my room, and I had pencils and a pencil cup, and I would grab some of those, and there was a door that I opened, and it was kind of squeaky, and my Bible and my journal were in there. And by the time I gathered everything up and tromped off, I didn't have a place to go and pray in those days. I literally had a comfortable chair that faced the corner of a room, a family room in our house. That was my prayer place. And so I got a basket. Emily Barnes and I later talked about how we both had had the same idea. Hers had a different impetus, but and she had cuter things than I did in my basket. But I, you, there's a ba prayer basket that will lead you to prayer. So if you're saying, oh, make a basket, put it someplace where you see it often, and then it will help entice you and lead you to prayer. And then a Sabbath day, um, I remember so clearly when I began to understand from reading the scriptures and praying the scriptures what a Sabbath day could look like. And I bought a book written by Locker, L-O-C-K-Y-E-R, and they are all the prayers in the scripture. Did you hear that? All the prayers in the scripture. And if you take the Psalms out where there are hundreds of prayers. There are 600 definite prayers throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation with 450 of them that have been answered. So I began literally to um, pray through these prayers and they were always relevant to me. Uh, and before I was preparing for today's podcast, I did it. I opened the book I got my book out and I opened it up and it fell to 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. I'm going to read it to you. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the servant and he saw the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. It's right after the amazing miracle of the axe head. And if you've never read the amazing miracle of the axe head and never read it to your children, do it. They will be amazed at how God works. So it's a great devotional for a book for a family. And then some years ago, I'm kind of looking at this when I was in my 
teen years and then in my 20 years and then my 40s and then in my 50s and and just as recently as 15 or 16 years ago, a group of us gathered together to talk about something called the fixed hour of prayer. And the fixed hour of prayer for me was I felt that I wanted to be more attentive to what I knew was true. He is always present. I know that. My eyebrows up cognitively, I know that. But I forget and I don't have an awareness of his presence all the time. And so I was looking for a prayer practice that would help me be more aware of what I knew to be true, which was his presence all the time. And I started singing the Lord's Prayer. And believe me, you'll never hear it unless you go to my phone where I recorded it once while I was singing in a chapel that was so beautiful that I took a picture of the chapel while I was singing, and you can hear it, screechy voice of mine. But singing the Lord's Prayer, I started doing it twice a day, and then I started doing it four times a day, and then I started doing six times a day. It took me about two minutes to sing the Lord's Prayer, but it centered me back to that very thing that I want, and that is the awareness And then I want to talk to you about praying with your children. Praying, why? Because the Bible tells us to. Pray because it is of the great commandments to love God and to love others. And prayer is what helps us to love God and to love others. We we become more in communion with him and more in communion with one another. And when I am praying for someone I love, God reminds me. I was recently praying for someone who was very agitated with, very annoyed with. And I thought, I am always initiating. I am always pursuing that young woman. I am all, and as I said it to the Lord in my own anguish of prayer, being agitated with her, the voice of the Lord reminded me that it is his posture with me. He's always initiating to me. I talked a few days ago about going into the wilderness and about the beast and the angels. Well, prayer drives out the beasts and reminds us of the angels. Because God hears and calls us to show his love by keeping his commandments. And I am totally out of time, and I'm supposed to be just now talking to you about the model prayer. So stay tuned, part two on the subject of prayer. But the last thing I want to say to you before we leave one another is remind you of another resource that's on our website. It's called daily prayers for our child and it's um there are days across the top it's a graph so there are seven days sunday through saturday and then there are five possible weeks in each month so they actually there are 35 ways to pray for your children 35 small squares with a simple prayer and a passage. And I had this under the glass top in my dressing area for decades, really three decades at least. It sat under my glass top in my area where I put my makeup on and brush my teeth and clean my face in the morning and at night. And I would look over there and I would say one of these prayers. Here's one in the middle of the graph. I pray that gentleness will be in my children's hearts as I, as it reflects your spirit. (coughs) Philippians 4, 5. 
I pray that gentleness will be in my children's hearts as it reflects your spirit. So go to the website, download that, and put it someplace that you see it. On the hood of your oven, on the front of your refrigerator, tape it to your mirror, even if it covers up half of your mirror. Tape around it, cut it in half, and put it on either side, a little section of your mirror, so you can see it often and be reminded of the importance of prayer. Will you join me next time and talk about prayer again? And this time we're going to talk about the model prayer, the model prayer that Christ gave us when he gave us the Lord's Prayer, a prayer that during Lent we particularly concentrate on. I pray that you are having a peaceful, holy, enlarging, prayerful Lent. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of prayer. 